You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked on Browns, your team every day. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Appreciate everybody for making Locked on Browns your first listen day in, day out. We're going to go here today, you know, game after Victory Friday. We've already recorded that, but you guys know the drill. Uh, We'll get to the PFF show with John Costco. John on Friday is normally off. So we're going to let John enjoy his day with his family here. We're going to get to that. We'll get the PFF show. We'll go with, you know, on second watch here. Uh, Corey Kimmon from uh, Brown's Digest through SI and, of course, a bunch of other places along for the ride. This episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to the friends at McDonald's for always being there. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. We are here, like I said, with Corey Kinnon. Uh, Corey, last night, I mean, certainly an interesting, interesting game. And, of course, you know, national media, I think the takes were already written. They had them ready to go. It was just a question of hitting send. But I don't think you can truly even <clears throat> start discussing last night's ball game without discussing the efforts of, you know, Dearness Johnson. And, look, the story is fantastic. But when it comes down to it, you know, there's plenty of players that sometimes don't get an opportunity they deserve in the NFL, Corey. There's plenty of times where guys have to plug and wait. And, but what you saw last night is, you know, not only, you know, was it a great story, Jarvis Johnson's pretty decent running back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the vision and cutback lanes that he found were, were stupendous. Like we're used to seeing Nick Chubb being able to, to have the eyes to, to kind of cut back and see those lanes, but, uh, and, and cream hunt, not so much cream hunts, more of a, a downhill, you know, I see it, I'm going, uh, but some of the, the eyes that we saw from Dearness Johnson last night, it was excellent. Um, the way he was setting up some of his blocks. I mean, it paid off big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt so bad for him. He, he, he had that like third and two run where it looked like he clinched the game and then they called the penalty, the illegal shift. And it's like, Oh man, I feel so bad. It felt like he just clinched the game. And then he comes back out and gets it on like third and seven, third and eight, clinches the game again. It's like, okay, all feels right in the world. But uh, Dearness Johnson had a hell of a game. Good for him. Couldn't be happier for the guy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, was able to contribute, you know, as a receiver, um, you know, get that touchdown early. And to think about it, honestly, you know, if you said the Browns were going to win a football game and they went at 17 to 14 and the only touchdowns were called by, you know, scored by Johnny Stanton, Dearness Johnson, you know, definitely people would have thought you were freaking crazy. There's no way around that. Um, and I think honestly, and you know, I think he showed a little bit of a combination of the two running backs that he plays under, as you mentioned, Kareem hunt. Cause I think once it came time to contact, it was like, all right, let's go. Um, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm getting more after this contact. So, you know, if you're coming along for the ride and one that sticks out and Justin Simmons is a phenomenal safety in this league. Um, but you know, and, and this is one thing I tried to preface going into this, you know, the last couple of days going into this game was, this was going to be a little bit of an advantage for the Browns is the fact that, you know, they were going into this with Dearness, with Felton, even with a little bit of John Kelly. It, these guys were fresh. And, you know, Thursday night football, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's a real, real difficult spot to wrap up a game Sunday 
and it gets your body right physically to actually even be able to take the field for a Thursday night game. And the Browns were able to show a little bit of an advantage there where these running backs were obviously fresh. They all looked good. They all looked quick. And it was a Thursday night game. And, you know, for the most part, that Denver Broncos defense looked tired. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was worried coming off of – I mean, they came off a beatdown. I mean, the Cardinals absolutely beat the crap out of them. And coming into a short week – even if it was the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos defense, I mean, they haven't been playing like it, but on paper, they're a really good team uh, outside of, you know, inconsistent quarterback play. So like coming in, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just setting up for uh, a little bit of a downspin, but uh, kudos to Kevin Stefanski, kudos to Joe Woods. I mean, that team battled like hell, um, came out. And absolutely just kicked the crap out of the Broncos, both sides of the ball. Um, you can say what you want about the Broncos scoring two touchdowns in the second half. Uh, the Browns put themselves in position to, to kind of sit back on their heels a little bit in the second half uh, and force force the Broncos to beat them, and they couldn't. So uh, kudos to, to, to everybody involved. The Browns just came out and absolutely dominated from from the first snap till to the, to the last whistle. So, um, yeah, I mean it's a good place to be. You're four and three. Ten days. You have you have an ex, uh, extended time to get healthy, get Nick Chubb back, maybe Baker Mayfield back before Pittsburgh, you know, comes to town. So uh, it's a good place to be. Um, and getting back to that, now you go to uh, you know the rest of them on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and you know Von Miller. Hey, look, sometimes we open our mouth and sometimes we you know basically write checks that our ass can't our ass can't cash. That certainly happened last night. Um, you were able to get Blake Hans over to the right side. Not that he's really been a problem on the left side, but you were able to improve the right side with getting Jedrick Wills. Um, you throw in Najoku. You throw in Hooper. Um, now, Wyatt Teller now stringing together weeks now here where he's starting to look more like the player we've all grown accustomed to. Joel Batonio, and I'm not sure if you were somebody else that you basically talked about the fact that here's Joel at 30, maybe playing at you know one of the upper – levels of his you know first half of a season to this point and maybe it looked I mean maybe it was the onus and the understanding of look we got to do everything we can to make this as easy as we possibly can for case and also a little bit of a hey if this goes wrong and we're three and four and we're not playing again for 10 days um you know we are not gonna be able to watch tv we're not gonna be able to listen to the radio we're not gonna be able to open social media um and even still that's still some uh, going on obviously um, but I think they played like a team that absolutely knew they had to get a W last night. And it was impressive to see. And look, I mean, for the offensive line, I think a lot of it you know, with the tight ends included in the blocking was, look, just make sure you go to the right spot. Because trust me, the holes are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, coming into the game, I mean, the interior of the offensive line has been the, the healthy part. Um, so I was like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. I don't think Jedrick Wills particularly played well even though he was like you can tell he's still not 100 healthy. it was just important to have him out there yeah it was well, important to have him out there. 100%. on one leg is better than james Henson at 100 oh my gosh uh if i i was on the alex taylor train if we had to to get to that point of needing a second a second reserve that's where we're <laughs> at with with james hudson that guy just needs to to take a beat and maybe not play another snap for another year so um but it was me who who said that i, I think i think joel batonio might be playing the best football of his career at the age of 30 so this guy just needs to retire a Brown. Um, uh, and you're getting to the point now where it's just getting to the point where we, we can't ignore the fact that you just might have to bite the bullet and pay Wyatt Teller as well. Uh, I know we don't, we, an analytical front office might not like to have that sort of, of cash flow going into the interior of their offensive line, but that guy is stringing together now seasons of, of dominant play. 
uh, at guard. So we're getting to the point, uh, especially if, okay, I'm not going to go there on this podcast, but you might not have to spend the money you thought you were going to have to spend this offseason elsewhere. So if that cash is freed up, you pay Wyatt Teller. Um, so, and JC Treader's even playing his way and to the point where I was like, oh, JC Treader, you know, this might be his last year in Cleveland. You might be looking at a young center coming in. I think Treader's playing himself into another, you know, one or two year deal here in Cleveland. So, um, but as far as speaking about Joe Batonio, like that guy has to retire a Brown. Like that's where we're at with him. He has been so consistently sturdy and so consistently dominant. And and he's the longest tenured Brown is to the point where it's like, okay, this guy, this guy needs to stay in Cleveland his whole career. And I think the thing is, you know, because obviously he had such a great relationship with Joe is, you know, you kind of almost need to keep him around. So kind of like, you know, Joe could almost get like the the feel of like, you know, at least, you know, my brother is getting to succeed with this franchise, you know, in, in some aspect, which is insane to believe that, you know, and, and Joe Batoni, it's not crazy to say that this could maybe trend towards a Hall of Fame career and to even think that there was, you know, the left part of the Browns offensive line through such downtrodden years. Um, where both guys could maybe end up in Canton. It, just crazy to believe, um, you know, for all the futility the team has had as a whole during those days. Uh, the passing game. And look, I, I'm not – and for anybody to say, look, I'm, I'm not trying to get on Case Keenum, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But there's some things you saw yesterday, Corey, right off the bat. Look, for everybody who wants to go back to 2017 with Minnesota, yes, Case Keenum played pretty well. He did have the friendly confines of playing eight games in a dome in Minnesota, a ninth game in Phil, in in Detroit in a dome. It makes the arm strength factor, you know, not as big. But you saw yesterday, and look, whether or not Baker can even maybe muster up another game or two, because look, what we're talking about now is just absolutely insane to believe that I need my broken bone to heal because my labrum is torn and my left shoulder is flapping around, you know, basically like a napkin in the wind. Just that's a whole nother story altogether. Um, but look, I, I think he made the right decisions. Was he a little slow sometime in processing? Yes. Which is difficult for him because he doesn't have the arm strength to make it up. I think they were smart with what they called knowing let's go make everything quick. And a lot of screens, obviously, and you know, a lot of, you know, one read throw it because this is what you do with any backup quarterback who certainly had one day to prepare for the game. I thought it went, I thought, look, Case Keenum can be better than he was yesterday. There's no way around it. Um, but you saw, for anybody who just thinks that this is okay, you know, you just put this guy on top of the horse and he can ride the horse to the, you know, to, to the, you know, to the golden, you know, to the golden gates, so to speak. It's not that easy. Um, but all in all, in a tough spot, you know, without Chubb and Hunt to lean on. Granted, you didn't know what you were going to get from Dearness Johnson. Um, and still, I think the Broncos defense still probably are wondering, holy crap, can we do some research? Because who the hell was that guy we played last night? Cause he smoked us, but all in all, look, Case Keenum got the job done. Could it be better? Most certainly. Are there limitations? Most certainly. Yeah. Uh, going into the game, you know, I, I wrote an article, you know, what can you expect from Case Keenum? Uh, the Thursday morning it, it came out and, you know, basically things that I said are, are things that happened, you know, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Case Keenum is a pro in in a, a Kubiak West or wide zone offense. He led the Vikings almost to the doorstep of the Super Bowl in it. I mean, we're four years removed from that, obviously. But some things you can count on with Keenum are his eyes are going to be in the right spot pre-snap. You know, uh, he's going to be able to get the ball out quick. He's going to he's going to operate it like a pro, and that's what we saw. And again, you, you mentioned it, but Stefanski deserves you know, a huge pat on the back for the way that he got his playmakers involved early on and often. So he didn't force. Um, 
Keenum to make to make a, a lot of plays. You know, I think Keenum made a, a couple good throws there. They were both in the same drive where he hit Landry for 16 and OBJ for 17 on like back-to-back plays. And that, that's a heck of a stretch of play right there for, for Keenum to come in and do. But for the most part, you know, you had Hooper for 32 yards on a tight end screen. Uh, just a lot of, you know, Demetric Felton, motion sweeps, things like that. Ways that you could get your playmakers into space, take the, the pressure off of Keenum and just allow him to get to get get the ball to his playmakers um, without much pressure on his shoulder. So I thought the game plan was excellent offensively. Um, you know, they came out 60, 62% 11 personnel the first half. Kind of pushed the the Broncos back on their heels, taking that 10-0 lead early on. And I don't know if Denver was, was kind of expecting that. But that gave the Browns the luxury then to come out and only run 26% and 11 personnel in the second half and just kind of sit back and, and, and kill some clock, uh, you know, come out in 12, 13, 22 personnel and basically let Dearness grind the game out. And, and he did. So um, offensively, you couldn't have asked for a better game plan given the circumstances. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you need to understand and look, you're talking about Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, ended up being essentially a late scratch, you know, with his injury. Um, you have so much depth at all your skill positions the best way to do it is to just basically tell the defense there is no tell. You don't know what's coming. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity here, and oh my god, now that's two completions to the tight ends. Well, where the hell's Felton going? And and just basically have everybody, you know, basically on their heels and their heads going back and forth like Stevie Wonder trying to find a microphone. And that's what you know, uh, Coach Stefanski was able to do last night. A number one, you, you need to do this week in, week out. It really shouldn't matter who your quarterback is. And for all of you folks on the Odell string, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. But this team is so deep and so diverse at the skill units. You can't ignore this week in, week out to have one guy get 12, 13 targets because you feel he's worthy of it. That's not the way this team is currently constructed. And as you know, Corey said, those are discussions for certainly another time. We're going to flip it up here in a sec. Oh, we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, some things I truly liked, um, and look, obviously we knew it was going to be put onto the defense last night. They needed to be the best version of themselves. Um, I do have some thoughts on that. We're going to get to here with Corey on the defense, locked on Browns on second watch, rolling on through. We are back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't take advantage, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts first one for me Corey I I want to go to is John Johnson the third and look it's been difficult at times it's been a lot of asking John Johnson to to do things that maybe he's not best at and you hate ever taking a player and not using him basically in his comfort zone but you saw him around the line of scrimmage yesterday you saw him obviously on the interception where he was playing two guys at once able to bait Teddy Bridgewater in the throw. And I think you're starting to see what, and this is, you know, if you didn't watch a lot of Ram action, if you didn't sit down and watch tape of John Johnson, the third before, you know, he came here and you didn't watch what he did with the Rams. Look, he's not a great athlete. He's not an Uber athlete by any means whatsoever, whatsoever, 
But when John Johnson is on the third, Corey, he is on the field. He is maybe one of the most intelligent players on that. And you can't always measure that and certainly doesn't show up in any type of athletic testing. He's just a really smart football player and knows what he is capable of doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to think that John Johnson also gets a lot of sl- a lot of flack for things that aren't even his fault earlier in the season. So if people see a busted coverage, they assume it's John. They, they assume it's the free safety, uh, things like that. And I think John Johnson caught a few stray bullets um, throughout the season because of those sorts of things. Um, and again, John Johnson has been kind of forced to play a role that he hasn't played in his career in Cleveland. Um, just based off of the personnel that they have, the, the skill sets they have with the other two safeties. Um, but yesterday we did see John Johnson playing the box a little bit more, um, made a nice play that first drive at the line of scrimmage. Um, that pick excellent. Um, just way to bait Teddy Bridgewater and cover six, um, into thinking that, that he was jumping the underneath. Um, he's a sturdy vet. And again, he, there's a reason he had the green dot in LA. There's a reason he has the green dot now in Cleveland. He's just smart. He knows how to communicate. He knows how to get people lined up. Uh, you can look at those coverage busts from the past couple of weeks, but those aren't on him. So um, I think that John Johnson has been close to worth the money that you you paid him. People are going to overreact to poor playing the secondary and, and kind of pointed at him, but I would say it's not John Johnson. And I think it's only going to get better in that secondary from here. Um, given the circumstances that you had to rely on your healthy secondary and the healthy secondary stepped up. So um but yeah, kudos to John Johnson for sure. He that that pick was well deserved. I mean, I think the one got called back on that like a ticky tack pass interference against Houston, I think, and then he had one along the sideline last week. He couldn't get his feet down, feet feet down and bounds. So it's 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 about time. He's been around the football. It's about time he got one. So happy for him. Yes, no doubt about it. And I think you know something like that. Obviously, you know it shakes off a lot of it. And you saw, I mean, you know, you know, very very. Uh, explosive, excited on the sideline. He knew what it meant within the moment. And, you know, at the time, you know, stalled anything, you know, Denver had, you know, as far as anything they could get going in the first half. The one thing also that stood out to me yesterday is, was the tackling. Um, And it seems so crazy to say, um, and, you know, people, you know, well, people miss tackles. Yeah. You miss a tackle in the NFL. Now you're talking 25, 30 yards. You're not talking two, three. And, you know, John Johnson obviously had the one at the line of scrimmage, the one that stands out to me that maybe was a missed tackle, you know, Denzel Ward, of course, on Melvin Gordon by the goal line and amazing body control by Melvin Gordon to basically stay, you know, off the turf like he did for almost five yards to get that into the end zone. But, you know, uh, Troy Hill certainly stands out. Walker, and my God, I can't believe I'm going to say it, Corey. Even Mac Wilson, guys got physical, guys wrapped. And even if they weren't getting players down, they held on for dear life till the cavalry, cavalry, uh, cavalry came to make sure there was no extra yardage. Yeah, uh, we, we can talk about 51 for a little bit. They have figured out a way to use 51 in a way that it's not going to be detrimental. And that is by keeping on him on the field only in base, um, which is which is smart. You're not going to ask him to have to, you know, come downhill and force his eyes back over the or force his hips back over the top if, if he gets sucked into play action. You know, you can, you can say, hey, play the fit, and that's about it. So uh, good for the Browns figuring out how to use him. Good for Mac Wilson for, for stepping up when he is on the field. Uh, I thought Anthony Walker had the best game of his his, his Browns career. Um, and yes. based off what what people have told me about his time in Indianapolis, maybe the best game of his career overall. Um, there was a tight end or a, a leak. I think where- a lot of people, but before you go on, I think a lot of people took Darius Leonard's words 
and basically mm-hmm. just transform him to the fact that this guy was, you know, Ray Lewis. Whereas maybe Darius Leonard was saying, hey, this is a teammate that is really, really great to work with because maybe Walker can see more than he can actually give you physically. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, but I think Walker's always been limited. He's never been a three down. This is the first time in his career he's been a three down linebacker. So, uh, but I mean, he carried a, a receiver coming across the field on a leak all the way down the field in one of those coverage reps. And I like that caught my eye. I was like, was that was that Anthony Walker? Uh, Anthony Walker coming back from injury had been taking some some pretty horrible pursuit angles, uh, if I'm going to be completely blunt and honest. And I thought he had a really good game and, and run, run support as well. So uh, kudos to Walker. Kudos to that second level. Um, I thought they used the linebackers pretty well to mitigate the loss of JOK, um, you know, bringing Malcolm Smith on and nickel to play with Anthony Walker at the second level, uh, bringing on Mac Wilson and base to play with Sione Takitaki and, and Anthony Walker. So I thought they mitigated that a little bit, played a lot of nickel. Um, and again, I think they played the run better in nickel than they did in base to be completely honest. Um, but the, I thought, I thought again, Joe Woods had a really good game plan. You can point to the second half and say, oh, they're playing soft coverage, blah, 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 blah. You're playing a quarterback who, for one, is hobbling around. Sure, you're going to play off and make him – you're an enforcement to make a play. Like, you're up. This team's not going to going to get into a shootout with you at this point. Like, let them, let them run the clock out on themselves. Let them try and force the ball down the field. Like, it made sense to me why, why Joe Woods did what he did. But, I mean, the, the game plan in the first half was – was exceptional. Um, at some point, at some point, this defensive line is going to start getting some calls going their way. You just, it has to happen at some point, right? right. It, well, who would have thought that, you know, over the last three weeks, there would be more calls for Miles Garrett, Garrett's blood than holding calls against Miles Garrett, which, I mean, this is, it, it's literally just becoming egregious at this point. And I don't just don't understand it, it, The weirdest thing for me with that, Corey, is, you know, all these years of following sports, you, myself, you get aggravated when star players maybe get too many calls. It's to the point like they're not even watching or it's just like, well, you know, that's all the guy can do. Otherwise, Miles going to kill people, you know, day, week in, week out. Terrible, terrible. The, the, the whole thing of it to this point is just getting ridiculous. For me, Teddy Bridgewater, and look, you could tell noticeably, you know, obviously through the coverage last night that he wasn't 100%. You looked at him, and he didn't really – I mean, he looked like a guy who said, I, I don't have much. I can't believe that second half started. And granted, look, the, you know, he was able to do some things, make the game close. I can't believe Denver didn't even say – because, look, I mean, if you have Drew Locke or you have Teddy Bridgewater, it doesn't matter. Neither one of them is the future of the quarterback position of the Denver Broncos. I can't believe, knowing how hobbled he was and how it just wasn't working, they didn't say, well, crap, let's at least just throw Drew in. It, it, we know he's got a stronger arm. Maybe he can make something happen. Yeah, I found that fascinating as well. Um, for one, I don't think Denver's a very well-coached team. Uh, at the head coach or offensive it's over. Court, Whatever's yeah, going on in Denver right now. Yeah, Vic Fangio's gone. Pat Shermer's gone. They're going to clean house. It's done. Uh, new quarterbacks. It's the whole nine yards. It's going to happen. Uh, so I think that's that's part of it is they're just a, a piss-poor coach team. Um <laughs> Yeah, you have to think, like, you know, at least maybe we can make something happen down the field, get some fluky pass interference calls, something like that. Drew Locke can throw the ball a mile and a half, even if his mechanics are absolute shit and he can't see the field. At least you might you might be able to get something out of him. Um, it, very fascinating. Instead, you know, Javante Williams, heck of a player. Melvin Gordon, heck of a player. At some point, Courtney Sutton, heck of a player. 
you only got the ball into his hands like four times. So like at some point you gotta you gotta do something to budge. It seemed like they were content to you know take their time and score fourteen points and see if that would be enough. But uh, we'll take it. We got a W in a very ugly game, and good teams find ways to win ugly games. So now this is the last one I've got for you on the defensive side of the ball, Corey. There's got to be some sort of in between here. There can't be efforts like last night, efforts against the Vikings, efforts against the Bears, and then these efforts against the Chargers, these efforts against the Cardinals. I mean, there's got to be some middle ground here. And look, you know, whatever capacity Baker Mayfield may or may not be the, uh, you know, the quarterback of this team in the future, they're going to need this defense, whether it's a limited Baker or they're going to have to go another route at the quarterback position. There needs to be A, some consistency here. And B, not just, you know, we're going to pick on the weaklings and get pushed around by the bullies. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, they need to beat a good team. Um, so if you look at their schedule, though, they might be catching a break at the right time. So they have Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, and Mac Jones three of the next four weeks. You're going to get Cincinnati and, and Joe Burrow. Uh, but if Baker can't go, I mean, that's a good little gauntlet isn't the right word, but like, what's the, the opposite of a gauntlet. So right now, if, if Baker can't go, you get a little, little nice, nice bump in the schedule to, uh, teams that Case Keenum might be able to keep pace with, um, quarterbacks Case Keenum might be able to keep pace with, but yes, at some point, and this has kind of been the case for two years, the Browns really haven't beat anybody. That's going to make you go like, Oh God, this is, this, this team's for real. Like. Maybe Tennessee last year, but even Tennessee is like, okay, um, you push them behind the scoreboard, take the ball out of Derrick Henry's hand, you know, you're in the same situation with the Browns kind of. Uh, So at some point, if this team wants to be for real, yes, you're going to have to beat the Chiefs. You're going to have to beat the Chargers. Teams like that, the Ravens, go in there and beat them. Like you could say Pittsburgh twice. Okay. I mean, clearly Ben was a shell of himself last year as well. So uh, at some point, yes, I would love to see the Browns come in and prove they belong by beating one of these upper echelon teams. And it seems like the Ravens, when you get them in back-to-back weeks, weeks would be an ideal time to do so. No question about it here. Um, and we're going to start turning the page here. Um, the Browns with uh, in a vital, critical, important, huge, any way you want to label it, of nine days of just trying to basically uh, cool the Jets and you know basically taking stock of the walking wounded that is currently the Browns 53 man roster. <clears throat> this episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to connect a place where classmates can meet up for a, f- a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I cannot lie, folks. There is still something oh so special about the sausage muffin with egg. And every now and then when you catch that two for five, even better. Uh, go to McDonald's uh, to refuel and reconnect. And did somebody say a locked on Browns watch party? Always, always interesting. McDonald's, da 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 da. I'm loving it, Corey. 
this team is beat, battered, bruised. Your starting quarterback right now, as we said, is you know hoping that the healing of a broken bone will keep his shoulder from flying out of the socket at any given time. Um, it looks like, and it seemed like Nick Chubb was going to go last night and the Browns kind of had to say, we're not doing this. Um, and that probably part of that was knowing, you know, where Kareem is and the amount of time Kareem's going to be out. And the last thing he wanted to do was to possibly extend, uh, the length of time that Nick Chubb would or could be out. You have Odell play with a bad shoulder. Still shoulder got aggravated again. Jarvis Landry comes back or Jarvis Landry gets dinged. Donovan Peoples-Jones apparently went down about 90 seconds before they kicked that sucker off last night. Uh, defensive side of the ball, you're still waiting on some players to come back and maybe one of the most, you know, probably who rose from the importance rank from minimal to crucial in Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa. This team, I mean, if you could check them into a hospital and, you know, just have them all just stay in a bed, you know, for nine days um, just to try and get right here. But you got to start to patch some pieces together here. And, you know, look, it, it starts in ends with Baker Mayfield. And, and it's crazy to even think that he had to be basically told, look, we're not going to let you do this tonight, last night. Um, and for anybody, look, whatever you think about him, this is the type of guy you want under center for you. I mean, we're literally talking about a guy who was going to go out there with a torn labrum and a broken shoulder socket in the same freaking shoulder and was still going to go out there and try and battle for you. People, I don't get what your issues are. But, Corey, this team, I mean, you know, pray the novena, you know, whatever saint is the one, you know, that is for, you know, health. My God, folks, pray a million times over because everything is still there for this team to achieve what they want to achieve, but they really, really need some help on the health front. Yeah. I think the I think the Browns deliberately used this week as a faux bye week for some of those guys who were on kind of on the fence. Can they go? Can't they go? Uh, again, it was good to get Jedrick Wills back out there, but if if he had to, I think Jack Conklin could have played. If he had to, I think Nick Chubb could have played. Uh, if he had to, maybe even Baker Mayfield could have played. Who knows? Who knows? But if this is Week 16 and you were playing on Sunday, maybe it was a different right. story. Yeah, right. Uh, but the Browns saw you know short week. If you don't play, that's an additional four days that you don't have to go out and take an absolute beating. Come back in 14, in two weeks from, you know, that Sunday, if they're not playing this Thursday, that's a two-week break. Get right, and then we go into the gauntlet. You know, you get Pittsburgh, you get Cincinnati back-to-back weeks. AFC North rivals, you're ready to go for the AFC North gauntlet. Here we go. I think it was smart, uh, and it was great that they were able to just come out and sneak out a win Without, you know, with, with basically some of these key players on a, you know, for better or for worse term, bye week. Uh, so you couldn't have asked for much more. The scoreboard says one thing, but the Browns absolutely dominated that game. And you couldn't come out. I couldn't I couldn't have been any more pleased with how that game turned out, given the circumstances. Um, now let's, we're, on, we're on to Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, hopefully we do get Conklin back. Hopefully we do get Chubb back. Some of these key players, let's get them back now that we're good to go. And it just, you know, look, and it, it it's great that, you know, guys are getting the experience. Um, look, the Ernest Johnson, there's going to be a role because, I mean, you're going to be foolish to come in and just say, all right, well, you know, we can go with Nick for 25 carries. Uh, certainly when you can say, well, we don't have to because we've seen what the Ernest Johnson can do. We'll see the way the wide receiver position plays out. 
Um, and, you know, Anthony Schwartz, a little bit more experience. And it's so weird that Anthony Schwartz was so involved week one and is literally a, you know, a ghost almost at this point. And last night, the opportunities he got were forced, no way around it. Um, the tight end position, it runs hot. It runs cold as far as the importance to this team. Um, then you get to the defensive side of the ball. And look, maybe there was some, you know, some big things that happened this week, obviously with Miles Garrett calling a player's own only meeting. You know, Malik Jackson maybe, you know, hinting at something with, you know, now not trying to put anybody's name to it. And my guess would have been blown coverages because we're busting our asses trying to get after quarterbacks. And it's really frustrating to see the quarterback can step up in the pocket and just find somebody wide open for 37 yards or 71 yards. Not that I'm signaling out a Cardinals game or a Chargers game or anything like that. Um, but for the defense, look, uh, yeah, the rest is great too. But um, it's time to, you know, basically take these individual musicians. And look, they are all vastly talented players. We know this. This team is riddled with former first, second, third, for all first, you know, all, you know, day one, day two picks in the NFL draft. But it's time where all these individuals now need to find, you know, work and, and bust their asses to become a unit. It, it's all great that you guys are individually talented, talented players, but it doesn't mean jack if you can't do it in phase as a unit. Yeah, and it seemed like that uh, that safety they may or may not have been referencing had a had a pretty big turnaround game there and seemed to get it together. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's so hard for the defense though because they the back end of the defense is never healthy at the same time. And just when you think they get healthy at the same time, nope. Ward pulls something there in the fourth quarter and it's just like, okay, can we catch a break? Can we can we get this this yep. unit healthy all at once? But. Um, Hopefully, you know, JOK comes back from IR healthy. Hopefully Ward can come back. And when they need down the stretch to have that unit completely healthy and ready to go, they can keep that unit healthy and ready to go. Uh, that safety unit, they're all healthy. They haven't been playing particularly well. Hopefully this was the turning point. Um, your, your hope is that you start to click at the right time. You know, the newcomers, uh, Troy Hill had probably his best game of the season last night. So that's, that's good to see John Johnson, the best game of the season last night. So that's good to see uh, Anthony yep. Walker, best game of the season last night. It's good to see. So all these guys who are new, to, Mac Wilson, to, best game of the season last yeah, night. Let's continue He's kind of new to the, to, to the, to the, to the defense, but yeah, all these guys who, who haven't been here are now finally starting. It seems like to, to, to get it together and starting to click. So hopefully this is a turning point. Um, you get 10 days. It, it couldn't come at a better time. And again, as, as I've been no saying, doubt. you know, here we go. AFC North, we're here. So it's time to go. 100%, Corey. The Browns are now focused towards the beginning of their AFC North division play. He is Corey Kennan, part of Browns Digest. Make sure you're following at Real Corey Kennan. Uh, always appreciate his work, uh, everything he does. I appreciate his insight um, and a great, great, tremendous work ethic. So if you're not following Corey, my God, folks. Let's go ahead and uh, take care of that now as he continues to put out fantastic content before maybe he takes a little respite in the early winter as Corey is about to join the dad ranks of the world. Uh, it's been a blast here. Uh, last night was a fun game, just a different type of game and getting to watch some players that are not normally featured players for the Browns uh, excel. So uh, a great win, important win, absolutely had to have it win. Now a little bit of a woosah for 10 days. For the Steelers come in Halloween Sunday.
to First Energy against your Browns. Appreciate everybody for making uh, Lockdown Browns your first listen, of course, day in, day out. Show itself, Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs open for everybody over there as well. Whatever podcast platform you go to, Lockdown Browns, always there. We'll always be free. Make sure you're subscribed or following and leave those five-star readings and written reviews. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.